Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. If you're like me and you love Christmas books, check out Have Yourself a Christensen Christmas, a holiday story from your favorite small town family by Susan May Warren. It's Christmas in the winter wonderland town of Deep Haven. Grace is worried about her husband's life-changing illness. Eden is facing devastating news. Casper isn't over his head, of course. Amelia is dodging a walk down the aisle. Owen, well, Owen just nearly died again. But it's Derek who has news that just might destroy the family legacy. This year, spend Christmas with your favorite small-town family. Have yourself a Merry Christian Christmas. Available on November 25th at your favorite book retailer. Today I'm talking to my friend Sarah Bragg about her new book, A Mother's Guide to Raising Herself. But the truth is, we start out by sharing some of the funny and hard stuff in parenting and saying this is why we can't have nice things. There is no truer statement and it comes down to this. On one hand, our perfectionist tendencies and on the other hand, our reality as moms. So my perfectionist self likes a clean house, a manicured front yard, laundry folded and put away daily, (laughs) wearing cute clothes and makeup. My perfectionist self likes an empty email box, a clean desk, work projects turned in on time, a doable schedule, time with friends, and vacations. Okay, are you laughing yet? My perfectionist self gets very cranky during the day because none of these things happen. (laughs) None of them. Um, But I've learned two things. First of all, With kids in the house, I'll never make my perfectionist self happy because it's impossible to keep up. And Sarah and I talk about this. Number two, yet I can get my perfectionist self to calm down. So how do I calm down this inner perfectionist voice? By sharing some truth truth like this. People are more important than projects. God's best is even better than a clean house. I will not regret spending time with my family. I can do many things well, but I can't do many things perfectly. And that's okay. I get to choose what to focus on. And if that doesn't work, still I keep speaking. I am thankful for the life I've chosen. And I want my children to follow God with their whole hearts. So I need to model how. Now, I'm not making excuses for why the house isn't always clean. 
Instead, I'm reminding myself that a clean house isn't the most important thing, even though that's where completely my comfort zone is. In a world of Pinterest projects and Instagram snapshots, my heart changes when I change my mind first. So as Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's why conversations like I had with Sarah Bragg are so important. As moms, we need to be reminded of this idea that we cannot live up to these standards we put in our minds. As moms, we also need to remind each other what really matters. So in this conversation, Sarah and I chat about finding ourselves, giving ourselves grace as moms, and decided what's really important. Sarah is the host of the podcast, Surviving Sarah, which is just excellent. And I know you're going to love this chat with her. So when you're done with listening to this, you also need to jump over to her podcast and you are just going to enjoy getting to know Sarah better. So here is my conversation with Sarah Bragg. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, I'm so happy to be with you. This is just like getting to hang out with an old friend. I know, it's so fun. I knew we were going to have so much fun today. I've been looking forward to connecting with you, and your new book is called A Mother's Guide to Raising Herself, and I find myself smiling and laughing as I read it, just like I do when I'm on your Instagram, because this is what I want to start with. There was a video last month of oh I was goodness. gone for two days and what happened. I'm like, this is my life. Like, I'll go for the afternoon somewhere and I come back. Yes. I'm like, what happened to this world? Well, so describe the video first for those who have not seen it on yes. Instagram. Well, first of all, what I experienced is probably like exponentially more for you because you have exponentially more children than I have. But I went away. I came home. I mean, genuinely, I was gone. And in fact, I went away to record the audiobook. And so, you know, something you're, you're just like thinking, life is so great. This is so fun. <laughs> and I walk into the house and the downstairs looked pretty normal, like pretty, pretty, pretty sane. And then I happened to walk upstairs and it was like walking into like a hurricane came through and it was just mass destruction. I mean, there was, my girls are really into, it's called slike horses and they create barns, they build mm-hmm. barns, they create tack for their little mini horses, all this kind of stuff. So there was, it was like a farmland created, but then there was like chairs were all overturned and just like trash everywhere. And markers. And- <laughs> yes. It was like, I, I came down, I was like, did someone, did, did we get robbed? Because like drawers were thrown out, <laughs> like papers. Every, I was like, and my girls are like 11 and 13. They're not toddlers. Oh my goodness. And it, I just was like, I did it to the song. This is why we can't have nice things by Taylor Swift. Yep. Because there's been nothing more true than that statement right there. <laughs> it's so true. And when I when I was just reading the titles of your chapters, even before I saw your Instagram, I because we have this carpet in our living room that is so dirty. It has holes in it, like where the dogs chewed on it or the kids have played with it. And it, I'm like, someday we're going to have uh-huh. nice carpet. Yes. But this is why we can't have nice right. things. Because right. as soon as we're going to get something nice and they're going to spill something yes. on it, they're going to break it. So... I know. I swear that Taylor Swift is some kind of like parent theologian that, and she doesn't have kids, but she's like never spoken truer words to a parent's heart than that. 
Or her other song, this is, uh, what is it, um, about calming down. I'm like, I play that all the time. It's on her <laughs> Lover album. I don't know I'm, that one. And, and it's like, um, it's, talk, it's the same kind of thing, just saying, calm down. Like, you're being too loud. That's like the phrase. I'm like, oh my goodness, how does she know what is happening in my house? Yeah. This yeah. is like every day. Every yeah. day, the kids, the noise, the... Yeah, but it's summer, so I just take them to the pool and I just lay there and listen to audiobooks yes. or read books and yes. they can get all their energy out. So Yes, just keep swimming, guys. Just keep, keep swimming. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> okay, so I would just love to hear, like, I, I mean, I just loved your podcast for so long and all the Aww. things that you do, but why did you like, okay, this is going to be the book that I am going to write? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I just, you know, you, you, you write what you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like... For the last, you know, my, my oldest is 13. And for those years, and especially probably the last 10 years, you know, maybe the first couple of years, I was still just kind of clueless and thinking I was just like going to figure out this parenting thing. <laughs> and, and so really for the last 10 years, it just really has been this, like, when I look at my life, I go, wow, I am very different now than I was before. And so much of it has to do with my kids mm-hmm. and raising them and realizing um, it just forced me to like come up close and personal with things like fear and all my fear, so much fear and uncertainty and my my need to be perfect and my inauthenticity that just comes up so much. And so when I sat back down to write, um, I knew I, I love writing, have always been a writer but my fear had kept me back from writing. So as I sat down and thought, you know what? I think it's time to write again, whether I fail or whether no one likes it or mm-hmm. whether no one wants it. I, I feel like I need to, I want to sit down and write again. And that was the things that were coming out were all these things that I was learning because really, you know, these kids have been the greatest teacher for the last, you know, 13 years for me. And I just teach what I know. So that that was really what was just coming out was all the things, all the things that I was just learning and how I was growing and being, you know, shaped by these, these little people. Yeah. And I think we, we have the image of like who we're going to be or who we are or the type of mom we're going to be. Now I was 17. So I was just like trying to like go to college class. (laughs) Sometimes I had to take the baby with me in the car seat. So, but the the interest, this is, this is the interesting thing. For the first three kids, I thought I had my act together. Like mm-hmm. they, I, they were all easy. Like I homeschooled them. They learned well. They, I mean, they were kids. They got in trouble, but you know, I thought like, okay, I, the house is fairly clean. I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to write books. So like I, I thought I had my act together and then God opened our heart to adoption. We added seven more children and I, suddenly I'm in the middle of it going, I have no idea who I am. <laughs> I have no right. idea what kind of right. mother I am. I don't understand these kids because the last three are dyslexic. We have lots of learning disabilities. Like before I just taught them, they learned, we grew. I felt like, okay, this is cool. And now I'm like, I, what is going on? How is this my life? And so I think sometimes like it's somewhere in that process of kids that we have to figure out who we are. We have to figure out like, cause they're not going to do everything we tell them to do. And they're going to have different personalities than ours or things that we never expected so I think I think every parent sometime in their journey is going to come to that point where like I don't even know I don't even know anymore and did it make you feel like gosh I thought I had this figured out and maybe there's something wrong with me 
Because these these kids, I'm not doing like it's not working anymore. Like may, I'm maybe, right. I, and that's what I think so much happens is you think you can do this thing, and when something starts to be so much harder than you expected, or tougher to figure out, or harder to manage, you start. I don't know. At least for me, it, I started questioning so much about myself, mm-hmm. and and that's when I was going, oh gosh, this I wouldn't if I was looking at my girls and they were facing something hard, I wouldn't say you you need to question who you are because maybe you just shouldn't do this in life (laughs) just like give it up already you know like and those were the things that I I started looking at how my girls were talking to themselves or what I was and then maybe what was differently what I was saying to them versus what I was wanting to critique myself on and none of that was adding up but when you face those when things start you know kind of coming off the the track you know it does make you feel like what are we doing here and maybe there's something wrong with me when really when I started getting down to that question, that's when I really started going, oh, no, no, no. Like, let's let's get curious about why I'm asked, thinking that there's something wrong with me or why I shouldn't be doing that and get curious there because that's not at all what I would tell my girls. Yeah, because we're always like, you can do anything and God yes. has big dreams for you and he has yes. good plans for your life and he created you that way for a reason. And then we're like, oh, my goodness, like, why am I right. acting this way? Or right. like, for me, I remember having kids with anger. All of a sudden, I found myself like yelling at them and being mm-hmm. an angry person. And I'm like, wait, I'm not an angry person. So then I right. really had to say, like, what is it that's really frustrating me? I can't control them. Like, I cannot. Yes. Like my older kids, I could tell them to do something, and pretty much they would do it. But these kids are not going to do what I say. They're going to talk. It was just like I had to go before God and look at myself, strengths, mm-hmm. flaws, and be before Him as I'm seeing how I act and react with these kids. Yes. And 100%. And that's what it is. It's allowing those things, the things that are hard or the things that aren't easy, the things that, you know, push at us to be curious about them and let them help raise us, help us become, you know, more of our truer self, our better self. Yeah, it's so good. And, um, and I think that the point is that we can see how we can look at ourselves and we can grow instead of like saying I'm a failure and letting yes. those negative thoughts. So I want you to talk more about that because you yes. you talk about that a lot in the book. Like we, this is not going to be like, Oh, I just need to give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Cause yeah. You know, I feel like that inner critic is, it screams very loudly. It has my whole life about failure or about, um, and so because of that, I guess I would, I would try, I would just not try some things. Like if I, I thought if I'm not good at it right away, then you just don't do it. Like got to be the best. Um, and then some of that's probably just my wiring, but then that got to me like, so when let's look at parenting, you become a parent, it's not easy. And you know, like there's no formula, A plus B never equals C in parenting. It just doesn't happen. And so it wasn't easy. I wasn't succeeding. I, I felt like more like a failure cause I couldn't get her to want to like as a baby, like take a bottle or whatever. Like I just couldn't get her to do these things or she still screamed. And I'm like, I've been like doing all the things the book said and you're still screaming. Like <laughs> yeah, what is happening? And so it just, and of course those just get bigger as they, as they get bigger. But, um, it really just highlighted the self-talk that I had that mm-hmm. I constantly felt like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't cut out for this. I just should have not have been a mom. Like I just, maybe I should have just been someone who loved on other people's kids and not my own. And because it just didn't feel like I was doing it well. And as I peeled back the onion, so to speak, I started realizing that I think a lot of times I equated easy with right Mm. and hard with wrong. And that was something I really had to look at because I would look at my girls. Again, we said this a second ago. 
just because it's hard, I wouldn't say they shouldn't do it. Um, or just because they were afraid, like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're afraid of the night. Like, well, I guess you can stay up all night. Like, that's not what we say to our kids, right. you know, like you've got to figure it out. Like, I wish I, I, I'll do, you know, you're safe, you're loved. You have to figure it out. And so I, when I looked at that, I had to start going, gosh, what is it about that? Why do I think that easy, you know, equals right? And then, you know, and of course with motherhood, so that's for this so many years in the beginning, I just felt like I was doing it all wrong, which meant I shouldn't have been a mom. And, um, and I just had to really work on my self talk. And one of the phrases that I started saying to myself, because I started hearing my girls mimicking some of that critical self talk. Mm. And I started saying, be kind to yourself. We all make mistakes. And, um, I would say it over and over again. And I remember one time I was cooking dinner and I'm not a great cook, Trisha. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm not (laughs) great. I try. I'm not great. Um, and so I was one of those nights where like something totally just didn't work out. It was like disaster. And I was standing over the stove and I just was like, like, I'm the worst. Like, this is awful. And I heard like Rory's little voice behind me say, it's okay, mama. We all make mistakes. Be kind to yourself. I was like, that's it. Like we, we keep doing this, saying these phrases over and over and again. And at some point it will click at some point you'll start to do it. So you fast forward and you have been saying that phrase for years and years. And I mean, I would even get bent out of shape over like misspelling a name, like a guest on the podcast. And it would just, I've done it a a couple of times now, but the first time I just berated myself and I was like, oh my gosh, this guest will think I'm so lame. They'll think I'm not professional. They'll never want to come on the show again. You know, just went down this whole path. And then as I started working on that phrase years later, the same thing happens. And I noticed that my response was, oh, gosh, oh, well, let me apologize. I'll send out the new image and it's all corrected. It never once did it was an indictment on who I was, right? right? It was just like, oh, we just make mistakes because I've been, I'm going to be kind to myself. We all make mistakes. This is just normal part of being human. And so I felt like that was a huge thing, a huge learning that has been taking place in me is that, is silencing that critical self-talk. And I think that's such a huge thing. And that's where it's creased. This book is creased open to that chapter. Mm. Be kind to yourself. (laughs) And I think it's so true, though, because, like, we wouldn't talk to our kids like that. Or we wouldn't talk to our friends like that. Like, if our friend does something, we're like, oh, you know, it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes and whatever. But I remember, like, so many times, especially after adopting all these kids, I'm like, I can't keep the house clean. I can't keep up. And my husband's like, did you expect you to be able to? Like, did you expect you're never going to ask for more time on your deadline or that, that I'm like, I thought I would still be able to keep up. Right, and he's like, right. Why would you think that? And why would you get upset with yourself when we just added seven children to our house? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. You're like, because I should be able to do it all. I it's, should be able right. to do it all. Right. Right. And but when when I find out, like when I say it's OK or I'll do that Monday or I'll just email and explain like I don't have that done today or whatever it is. And I've I've had to ask for extensions on deadlines. Editors are like, oh, that's OK. I'm behind on my work, too. And I'm like, oh, like no one like right. yelled at me. It was right. just like people offering grace. And when I find I'm able to do that, I'm such a funner mom to be around, yes. except yes. the one that's stressed. And I'll be like dancing around the kitchen and the kids are like what's going on I'm like I missed a deadline and it was okay <laughs> you know right. whatever the world didn't end everybody's world still alive end. and it's so right. shocking to me that 
like people don't really get mad or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's like you just have to be perfect. And when you're not, you realize, okay, it's really not that bad. Yes. That I'm I'm not. Ex- I know. I'm the same way. I hold myself to such a high standard, higher than anyone else. And that's where I start to go. If I'm being this self like judgmental, like I know that I'm not, I would not say that to a friend, mm-hmm. but that's when I have to go, gosh, I don't, if I'm being this critical and this judgmental towards myself, it's very easy for that to come out towards others. Because I do really think that it's all connected. You know, the way you love yourself is the way you love others. And all of that is connected. And so it really has forced me to go, okay, like I've got to start being less judgmental of myself because I I don't want to be judgmental towards other people. When they are overwhelmed and they're doing the best that they can, I want that same attitude towards myself. If you're like me and you love Christmas books, check out Have Yourself a Christensen Christmas, a holiday story from your favorite small town family by Susan May Warren. It's Christmas in the winter wonderland town of Deep Haven. Grace is worried about her husband's life-changing illness. Eden is facing devastating news. Casper is in over his head, of course. Amelia is dodging a walk down the aisle. Owen, well, Owen just nearly died again, but it's Derek who has news that just might destroy the family legacy. This year, spend Christmas with your favorite small town family. Have yourself a Merry Christensen Christmas, available on November 25th at your favorite book retailer. Yeah, and there's something you just posted today on Instagram. And then we're recording this in July. It's going to be out later. But anyway, um, let's talk about Notice the Good. And I love this so much. As I was reading your little Instagram thing this morning, I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about this today. Because when my kids um, would come home and we started adopting kids, we adopted older kids. So they'd already have a lot of programming in their lives. And I would try to like show them the right way. This is actually how we clean. This is how we wash the dishes. This is how we, whatever I was teaching them. And it just like, they would just have bad attitudes. And the therapist is like, find the things that are good. Like, cause Mm -hmm. I know you're trying to train them because you want them to do things a different way. But like, if they do the littlest thing, that's right. Like my two and a half year old, we adopted a two and a half year old was just messy. And the therapist is like, if he throws a toy in the direction of the toy box, praise him. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. And so you talked about this today. And I think this is so important when we start noticing the good in ourselves and in our kids, what a difference in their attitudes. It really changes things. Yes, absolutely. And I was, and, and I I said this in the book, it it was really kind of almost, um, it hurt a little bit at how hard it was for me to notice the good in my kids. Mm -hmm. And I really hated that because, you know, you spend so much time thinking if I don't correct this, they are going to be lost forever. Like they are going to be ruined. They're going to be awful humans, awful adults. You know, you just go down this like crazy path in your mind. And it was really hard for me to notice the good. But when I started noticing the good, my attitude shifted towards them. And, And you're so right. I mean, that, that's, our kids respond better to that. Or I, I think about, um, we have this dog and he's finally over four. So he's getting a little bit better. We still refer to, <laughs> refer to him as the greatest regret of 2017. He's just so big. 
So anyways, I was talking to him one day and it shifted in me. I started thinking for the longest time, I kept being like, bad dog, bad dog. You know, he's always doing something. And I thought, what if I start saying, calling him good dog? Like, I'm just going to start speaking it out and and see what happens. And Speak a word over that dog. Yes, I'm speaking it <laughs> over him. And like to the point where like he, if I was trying to get him to come back in the house, I'm like, you're such a good dog. Come on, come on. You're like, I feel like he then he eventually started coming in whenever he heard like good dog. Like it didn't matter what I said. He's like, I think that means come in. I don't know. But, I, <laughs> but one day I was ta- I was like rubbing his chin and I was like, you are such a good dog. And Sinclair, she was, I think, I mean, I think she was like 11 at this point and she's looking and she's just like beaming. She's sitting there right beside him. And I looked at her and I was like, would you like me to talk to you the way I talked to Murray? Like, what would you do if I did? And she was like, yeah, do it. And I like started tickling her chin. I mean, she's like this big 11 year old. I'm tickling her chin going, good girl. You're such a good, and she just like beamed. And I thought that's what she's needed. Like Mm -hmm. she needs those, like, she needs me to view her in that good way, noticing the good things about her and just praising her for those things, the things that are uniquely her. Like it's, it's good that she's different from me, Uh, but you know, I, I can be, you know, I'm the best personality, but whatever. Um, you know, she's, she is good in all the things that are good about her that are different from me. They're still good. And so I think that's what, I mean, it just, the difference that it makes in our life and our relationships when we begin to just notice those things and say them out loud versus just focusing on what we got to fix. Yeah, and I think so many times it seems almost fake. Like when the, the therapist was telling me I need to do this, they're like mm-hmm. the littlest thing. And so my daughter was like cleaning the kitchen and she usually did a horrible job. I'm like, oh my goodness, that little spot on the counter shines. Like, wow. Yes. And I feel like I've been right. so <laughs> fake. Like it's right. just like beaming. And I'm like, yes. okay. Like, and my other daughter really struggles in school. She's a, She's in high school and she got a D. And I went and got donuts. I'm like, she's Look like, what you. are those for? I'm like, you got a D like that counts (laughs) and she's like beaming and she told everyone I got a D and mom went and got donuts and I'm like I feel like this is so fake like this is you know because I was the one that if I got a B plus I'd be so upset yes yes I I remember um the moms on call people I don't know if you've read their books or their app or whatever um, Mom's on call. Jennifer Walker. She was on. She's been on my show a couple of times in the early days. But I remember her coaching me and talking to me when and going, "You need to like put on the best Academy Award winning like actress like performance <laughs> you've ever done. Like just pretend you are like." And and I was like, "Okay, like that's what I need to do. Like it's okay. It's not you know that you're just lying. It's going what I am playing a part right here, and I am gonna like <laughs> make this person feel so like." seen and you know loved and cheered for and I'm gonna win an award one day for this like someone's gonna hand me an Oscar but but we're gonna start there because I think mm-hmm. just that smallest little bit goes so far with them yeah and they they love it they eat it up they love all the words and if you could do it in front of someone else like in front of yes. dad or like Ooh, oh my goodness right. you should even better today that the homework assignment or the spelling list or whatever go get your spelling list show daddy or you know I mean they love it so much and then the thing is like at first it seems like we're faking it it gets easier like mm-hmm. it gets easier on us to yes. notice those things and point out those things and yes the kids appreciate it and they do bloom they bloom yes. because they are growing under words and praises instead of always feeling like yes. they don't measure up and, and I remember those feelings of like 
never feeling like I was good enough or measured up. Mm-hmm. And it was like minor things. My, my mom said I mean, she really was a good mom, but I'm like, I don't want my kids to have those feelings too, where they feel like they're never going to make me happy because right. I'm always picking about part all the things instead of just appreciating what they are doing and what they can do. And that's who God made them. And, you know, I just need to right. praise those things. Well, you know, it makes me think about, um, it helps me have a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. I think when I only are focusing on what they need to fix or what we need to work on or what is hard, um, I feel like I have a more fixed mindset about them. And then when I'm spending some time noticing the good and praising the good, I feel like it shows me there's room for growth. I mean, I think that about myself. There is room for growth. I don't think I am like done or fixed in Mm -hmm. who I am. So why would I want to view my children that way? And so that has been just a big shift in how I see my kids is that this is a growth thing here. This is a growth mindset. We're going to be learning and growing and not fixed. And that noticing the good has really helped me with that. Yeah, that's so good. Okay. So now that, you know, the book is coming out, like what would you say is, has even been your, like your growth process in the, the, point of putting all these things out there to the world like these are all things that you've been writing and you've been working on but now they're going out how is that like growing and changing you even in this new process oh man it's definitely highlighted a lot of vulnerability Mm -hmm. um and and it's I kind of don't know any other way to be I just like I just this I'm I'm just showing up and I don't know how to not say who I am or what I'm struggling with or what I'm working on or what I'm doing okay in the moment. Um, so it's definitely highlighted that vulnerability and just reminding me to, to be brave, like be, be courageous, like little ordinary acts of courage and showing up as yourself is a win. That is courage. Um, and just noticing those little things. So I keep, keep coming back to my journal and writing things out as I'm feeling as things kind of, if, if something triggers me and I go, oh my goodness, I'm totally starting to like play a game again, you know, versus showing up as myself or, um, or if I'm really struggling, there's a whole chapter about body. And so like, if I'm really like in my head about this, I just keep coming back to this, the same process of just getting curious and, getting it out of my head somehow, some way, and just working through those things. And so, but it's definitely, you know, all the things that I'm writing about, there's just, cause it's more of that, like topical, each chapter is a little bit different with the same common thread of raising yourself. But, right. um, but I feel like there's just so many, I have continued to have so many opportunities to continue growing on all these phrases. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Like every time, like you're releasing a book, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be tested yes. in every single thing that I wrote about. And then right. people are going to ask me and then I'm going to be right. truthful that yes. we're still struggling. Like I yes. wrote a book about not grumbling. <laughs> like you're, why in the world like, we are choose to do that? <laughs> Because then I'm like, oh, how are you doing on that? I'm like, well, we're still growing in this right. area. We're, we're still working on it. Yeah. And I love like you talk about, you know, have to learn to be brave. I'm like, yeah, that's a chapter in your book or yes. whatever. Yes. But it's always, and it's never like we arrive. And so, and I no. love, I love that you talk about like capturing those emotions and what's going on and sitting down and journaling. And I think that helps so much to, um, all those things are going around in our heads, those thoughts, those feelings and emotions. And I have to do this all the time. Like, why am I feeling anxious right now? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. because of this. Let me think about this. And it might not, yeah. I might not be anxious about the kids, but it's something else. So all of a sudden I'm short with the kids or I'm upset about stuff. 
And so really, I think it's so important. I think that's something we could all take away with, with, from this conversation is when you're feeling those or those thoughts are swirling around or you're feeling those emotions and you feel like something's not right to like sit down with your journal, with God's word, like what is really yes. going on? And it's usually not what we think or it's deeper than we think or it's something else that's totally unrelated to like the things that we seem like we're right. upset about. Right. But when you do that work over time, you, you see growth and you see mm-hmm. change. And that's that's the great thing. Anything you do over time, you're going to see, you know, forward motion in and strength built in. And so that is, it's just years of flexing these muscles and getting curious and, and working on it. And then I, I love that, you know, every chapter is a phrase because it, they are, these are phrases that I'm saying to myself, I'm saying to my girls, you know, and, and, and here we are years into saying these things and, and you start to see those things becoming alive and you're going, okay, I, I no longer really struggle in this way with this thing. Like I used to, there's plenty of new, there's plenty of still struggles or there's still <laughs> you know, the obstacles, <laughs> right? but like I see forward motion and, and I don't, I don't, or I don't sit as long in the, the hard or in the misery. Like I used to, I can, I can recognize it much faster and work my way through it. Um, and so that is, it's such a great practice because we, who doesn't want to become their more authentic self or a, a truer version of themselves and, and, be able to love others in a more real way. Yeah. And I think with the writing process for me, and I can see it in your book too, it's like, it's, it is almost like therapy as we're like yes. bringing conclusions or like tying things up under a phrase or like it gets us to think about it. And, you know, of course we're helping other people or that's the goal, but I think right. so much of it is like, oh, I'm glad you were blessed by that, but yes. I really needed to write this book <laughs> for me. Yes. Yes. These things needed to come out. We needed to like put them out on paper and remind myself, oh yeah, 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 yeah. These are the things. This is this is where who I was. This is who I'm becoming. Yeah, so good. Okay, so I want to. I'm curious. What do the girls think now that you have like a real book coming out? I know. And- I know they love it. They're so funny. The, when I first got a copy delivered to the door, um, Rory, she's my youngest, so she read like the intro to like chapter one. And it is, it's, it opens with like, the, that chapter is called Tell the Truth. And so I open with like, you know, who, like how many times have you said to your kids, tell the truth? And so I give these examples like, you know, did you get into mom's makeup? Tell the truth. Did you eat all the Reese cups? Tell the truth. Did you throw a shoe at your sister? Tell the truth. And she just busted out laughing. Like I was like the funniest writer she had ever read, you know. And she just, you know, but she was laughing. She's like, ah, oh, Sinclair, I totally remember when you threw that shoe at me. Like it's in the book, you know, like. And so I think they love that there's these like stories that I've captured because, you know, it's like I'm not telling all of their bad stories if right. or if there's their bad stories they were three you know where they're like think it's funny you know they we can all laugh at that hard you know tantrum that she threw on the town square now whereas in the moment yeah. I was not laughing right um, and so you know um so they think that's very fun um I've got for the people who pre-order I've got like a secret podcast and they're on one of the episodes and so that was fun to Aww. chat with them I know except that I totally had turned into a mom at one point because I'm like introducing, you know, the episode and I'm talking and they're sitting across from me completely mimicking like with their faces <laughs> everything. And I'm like, stop it. Like, just stop. Like, I cannot <laughs> concentrate. I was like, here I am still having to be like, like, you know, a mom. I'm a mom just like you. There is no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Which is so f- sometimes my kids are like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And sometimes they're yes. like, oh, my mom's an author. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes. what day is it today? I don't know. <laughs> what, yes. know my child. Yeah. I know Sinclair still doesn't think it's cool enough that she, she will not let me really post about her on social media ever. And okay. so I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, it's, it's kind of hard when like, I mean, I'm a mom and I write about motherhood, but I just guess I have one child, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a horse picture. Wasn't there a horse picture? Yes. Yeah. She'll let me post about horses. Okay. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> just have lots yes. of horses. Exactly. Your... That's what I've now turned into a horse blogger. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's all I am. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, it was so funny because we were at Sight and Sound um theater up in Branson which is the big you know Jesus play and everything and oh yeah yeah um so uh Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar were there and yes. so people were like talking to them and lining up yeah. like they're like are you gonna go talk to them I'm like no no I don't I don't want to go right. and like ah fangirl over them but anyway right. so then my 27 year old this is so weird he's 27 now it's like mom I bet people recognize you too. I'm like, nobody here recognizes me Nathan like we're in Branson and we're not even close to home not 30 seconds later this lady walks up I love your books I have one of your books Aww. in the car and then I went and I went to the car and I signed her books and my son's like see and so yeah. it's He's so like, funny I told you. He's like, I told- I t- so sometimes they're like all about me being the author uh-huh. and sometimes they're like oh do not talk about your books or whatever but yes it's, if it's somehow so I can bring the if it gives them anything then they're fine with me being yeah like, exactly. being known. <laughs> Exactly. What does it give me? Is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was super fun. Okay, so again, the title of the book's A Mother's Guide to Raising Herself. The subtitle is What Parenting Taught Me About Life, Faith, and Myself by Sarah Bragg. And Sarah, where can people go to get more information about you and the book? And I just I do recommend Instagram because it's super fun to follow Sarah Aww, thank on Instagram. You. But where else can they connect? Yes, with you? yes. So Instagram is Sarah W Bragg. And then just SarahBragg.com. You can check me out there. And of course the podcast is Surviving Sarah. Yeah, and that's a super fun conversational. Yes, fun you've one been to on to. you've been on twice uh, and yeah, then coming on again. Yeah. Super fun. So she picks really good guests. Is what that's she's right. Saying. That's right. I feel like you. Like I was telling my husband the other day, I was like, I feel like I'm becoming like you know how like SNL. There's like certain guests that have like oh like Tom Hanks has been on five times. Like there's like a a club almost of like or Alec Baldwin. You know, I'm like I feel like I'm like like you could be in like the Surviving Sarah oh, like top go. tier. You know, like, do, I, do I get a plaque or something? I, know, I feel like you get like a blazer or something. Oh, with like oh. A, you, know, you know, with like a, a patch on it or something. I, I, could, I right. could. I would wear it. <laughs> <laughs> to the pool. Right. <laughs> oh, well, this has been super fun. Go check out our podcast, the books, and we'll have all the links for everything in the show notes too. But thank you so much, Sarah. Oh, thank you. You are so fun. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.